There's a magpie and a crow fighting in the tree outside my window, which makes our usually smooth recording process where we get in, record for 15 minutes, create the episode in our WordPress uh, website and publish in under an hour. That whole thing is not working today because I can't shoo away this uh, magpie and this crow making a ruckus outside my window. That's not a bad sound. Doesn't sound bad here. How are you, Jonathan? I'm I'm well. I've had a nice long uh, week away. It's a public holiday for you, right? Public holiday, yes. Happy Labor Day. Thank you. <laughs> Our final episode today for the season two. The, the the birds did not want to miss out, apparently. Yeah. I'm expecting that we'll take a short break after this episode, uh, maybe three, four weeks before we come back strong with a season three. A big part of this podcast has always been making things sustainable so that we can have yeah. a bit of longevity. So that's why we've been doing 15-minute episodes, which I really like, and we can get a whole episode produced in about an hour that way. And also taking a break every now and then, a short little holiday. I hope you don't mind, dear listeners. It could be, the nice thing too is just the built-in flexibility. It could be three weeks, it could be three months, it could be a year, you know. Yeah, there's no hard work. Well, it sounds like the magpie is winning the fight. <laughs> yeah. Did you see this week in WordPress news, Sandhills had one of their plugins acquired by iThemes. Yes, I did. That's quite interesting. Looking forward to talking about it. And also, uh, I, I like. I feel like we should thank the Tavern as like an unofficial sponsor of the podcast <laughs> in terms of being a source of information. Because uh, the the process for me, at least, a few times has been, hmm, I wonder what the the Tavern's covering lately. Is there anything relevant? And they have rarely ever failed to deliver. Yeah, it's where I get most of my news from. Uh, and so, like in the week, as I'm, you know, going through my news, going through my RSS feeds, uh, I'll see particular topics come up and think, oh, that could be interesting to discuss. Sometimes, though, I start to worry that we keep retreading the same ground because talking about, I think, where this conversation leads is to the idea of ecosystems for hosts, and that's something we've talked about a lot as well, uh, and the idea of um, individual small players in the WordPress world being bought out and really there, this idea of consolidation inside of WordPress, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. And this particular acquisition is interesting for a few different reasons. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity yet in just the membership space in general. And, and before we get into it further, I also want to point out like, WordPress news is one thing. What I've really appreciated about the tavern is digging deeper into the story, right? Like mm -hmm. as you read the piece, there's actual journalism being done. Questions were asked. There's some deeper perspective. It's not just the coverage of the event, but some broader perspective on it. And that's what I found interesting about this piece. The acquisition, that's interesting. There's been acquisitions recently. There's going to be more. But to dig into bit, like what was the motivation behind it? That's what I, I found particularly interesting about this one. Surely the motivation was just to build a, a 
product suite, a plugin suite to sell. What what I found interesting, so there's the there's a piece in there where Morris, AJ, who's one of the, the folks on the team, he said, what I feel like is everyone is trying to currently trying to create the best Swiss army knife within the context of the, the membership suite, presumably, yeah. where it's like, let's create the thing that's a bit for everyone. And uh, that's, yeah, and, and he's suggesting, is, was my understanding of it, and what I agree, that's not necessarily the best approach, right? Like, if you can focus on solving a specific set of problems for a specific audience, you can always grow out from there versus trying to be the all Absolutely. From, out, from the outset. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that that's always been my approach to building plugins is to find a job to be done, a sing, single use case and try and solve for it. In fact, I think that that is one of the biggest opportunities for innovation in the e-commerce space at the moment is that there's, there's EDD, which sort of does that. It sort of solves just for digital downloads. So, so I like that, but... I wonder what other opportunities are there in e-commerce specifically where you can drill in on a use case so that you're not filling up your website with all of the extra stuff that Woo ships with. Sure, sure. And to that point, membership is an interesting example where uh, I forget, I think it was Justin's perspective in this piece that there's not a clear dominant player in this space yet. There's a lot of different, if you're wanting to do membership, quote unquote, then there's not this obvious plugin that you go to and install. Mm. So what I find interesting about Restrict Content Pro, on the one hand, there is the specificness to it that's even inherent in the name. It's a plugin to restrict content. Yeah. I, I like that. I It's a little bit off for me in terms of broader positioning uh, because of this inherent, like it's about restricting content, which is not the only aspect of membership. Uh, right within the context of a clear job to be done though like so it's gonna be interesting to see where they take it right like inherent in it is this idea this plugin is about restricting content if you begin to branch outside of that too much then i think it loses some of its uh well there's a risk yeah it, it seems like rcp restrict content pro almost always has to be paired with other plugins and that's how I've always used it in the past is you want a membership site all right well we can restrict your content by a user role but you still need to sell the membership. So yep. how, how do you do that? Now, here's what's also, I think, interesting about this one is the focus on, and, and you just gave a clue there, it's often used within the context of others. It seems to have the most traction with developers, citing one of the, of the folks on the team. And it, with a 3.7 star rating from more of end users, it's like, okay. So it seems like it's built more with the developer audience in mind. Mm which has pros and it also has cons. So to me, that suggests that it could be an kind of undervalued acquisition that doesn't really see its value unless it's sort of reborn or it's simply used as a, it becomes a piece within a larger puzzle where it takes its strengths and then fits and folds within a more user-centered ecosystem. Yeah, so speaking of this as like a value proposition for iThemes who've, who and the new owner, and uh, in fact for Liquid Web, which is what iThemes is a part of. So iThemes belongs to the Liquid Web family of products, which you know they're a hosting company, and and I see a lot of similarities here with GoDaddy and WP Engine. 
a lot. Uh, this is this is almost exactly the play that WP Engine is making at the moment. Who who I work for, so so I'm I'm a product manager and at WP Engine, helping to make this happen. Where so another series of acquisitions where WP Engine acquires Studio Press and the Genesis brand, you know the Genesis framework, which is has has been a very very popular starting framework for WordPress theme framework. And then in addition, I purchased Atomic Blocks and also acquired the team of, of Block Lab, which is why I, how I ended up there. And merging all of these into a single brand, a Genesis brand, and from there launching a suite of products, a, a product suite, which you know, in, a membership too gives you access to the pro versions of everything. And we've got here, in this example, we've got WP Engine and their Genesis products. And here we see iThemes uh, as the sort of Genesis equivalent for Liquid Web as the host. And with iThemes, you've got Backup Buddy. I don't remember if that was an acquisition or not. They've got it was, uh, I think it was their original. It's been there at least for a very long time. I'm pretty sure that they started that. Well, the, the security plugin is another big one, which was an acquisition. Yes, that was. And, and RCP as well. Um, and then, and, and so it's a, a very similar model. It's really, it's really interesting to see these two separate companies approach that that way. And then in addition, there's GoDaddy with their product suite. It's not, their product suite isn't quite as clearly defined, uh, but it's a similar model. And so you start to see these ecosystems forming where you're going to go, all right, I want to start a new WordPress website. What are the, some of the tools that I'm going to need? And if your site is about maybe like customizing a theme and creating your own custom blocks and maybe using some pre-existing blocks that are really well-designed and you want to get a head start, then maybe you choose to host with WP Engine because they've got that product suite and, you know, it's an add-on or it's cheaper or it's, right. you know, but if you're thinking about a membership site or maybe you're thinking more along the lines of something that's going to be secure and backed up well and going to sync, you know, across multiple sites, well, then maybe you choose to host with Liquid Web because of the iThemes thing. You see where I'm going with this? GoDaddy's yeah. Go theme is a really good starter theme and and where GoDaddy s- seems to be playing is more for the WordPress user who's not a developer. So if that's you, maybe you choose to um, look at, uh, I'm not recalling GoDaddy's products off the top of my head, but they have got products out there that you might t- decide to go, oh, well, let's go with them. For example, they acquired Mad Mimi uh, for an email marketing tool and you, you, know, you might, care more about the marketing side of things so you might choose to go with GoDaddy. I'm I'm really curious to see how you guys pull it off with Genesis. I think uh, it's interesting to like who's the focus and the, who's the audience with that. Uh, it's with iThemes I feel like it's and this just my own opinion and reflection with some context in the space. It feels like there's pieces of the puzzle there. Like Woo used to be Woo themes, right? Like before they figured out, okay, commerce really is the future. We're going to double down on that. And when I look at this from the outside without knowing what the strategy is and how they're thinking about this, it's like iThemes has these different pieces. They have Sync. They have Backup Buddy. There's, there was Exchange. Uh, they've added this Restrict Content Pro. It's within the context of a hosting company. There's pieces of the puzzle here, but what's the play? And 
Genesis to me, obviously execution matters a lot, is this consolidation of pieces of a puzzle around what will ultimately be a play where it's like, this is the ecosystem that you're buying into. And from my outside perspective, I'm like, all right, Genesis is going after the, uh, like the freelancer agency folks, uh, maybe like a little bit up market there. Hmm. Whereas with, uh, I themes and these set, the set of acquisitions, it's not clear to me yet. Like what's the play? GoDaddy is very clear. Yeah. They're all about the end user and this, what they call the pro, which is like this baby freelancer, you know, audience, they don't really touch on agencies, et cetera. Yeah. So, so you're curious saying to see where it goes. The I themes is maybe, seems like the audience is a little less clear than it it's, is. It feels unclear to me from the outside. I see them acquiring pieces of the puzzle, but it's going to be like, what's the play? And I'm sure that they're having conversations and I'm sure they're working on this, but it's not apparent to me yet. And when I look at an acquisition like Restrict Content Pro with more of a developer centric audience, it appears that they're buying another piece of the puzzle. And the interesting part of this is what's the financial play? You know, oftentimes plugins like RCP and plug entire plugin suites, they don't actually make all of that much money. Right. right. They, they, they might, um, they might make back the amount of developer time that you spend on them, but they're not huge profit makers. And especially in the context of a host where your margins might be, you know, usually a lot higher. Yeah. It's a, it's a really sort of interesting, why would you bother with a plugin suite if it's not actually making all that much money? And the answer of course, is that it increases stickiness, right? Over time, as people become to come to depend on plugins like maybe backup buddy and, and, uh, and maybe a syncing plugin or a security plugin. And they really uh, come to know and love these, these plugins and incorporate them into their workflows. Well, then they're, they're much more likely to stick with iThemes. And if you can even create some interaction between the multiple plugins where, mm. Uh, you know, maybe the security plugin works better with the syncing plugin than other security plugins, then that's another level um, of, you know, user stickiness. I don't see anyone doing a great job yet, which is uh, when I think about like ecosystem plays on a, on a, from a broader perspective, I see a lot of potential. Yeah. But I don't see anyone like Woo as an example. I think we're doing an okay job and we have an incredible amount of momentum. But we're not really capitalizing on that. And you're right to bring Woo up because in these conversations, we often ignore Automatic, but Automatic is much as much of a hosting company as WP Engine or GoDaddy, but you know, we don't consider them. 